0: Search, each man different, living his own way, searching, discovering, numero uno. Welcome, BBC is the episode number 179 of the Broker by Concept podcast, the number one solo queue educational and motivational podcast. Curtis, with this podcast, we love to find inspiration from external things yep. media sources let's call them documentaries movies we've got Juro dreams of sushi over there yep we're gonna add another one to our repertoire curtis okay. this is the one that i'm calling the bbc movie okay curtis yep the killer on netflix this okay. has popped up recently it's by david fincher who's done some really great movies michael fassbender is the lead role and he plays an assassin not going to spoil it. We're not really going to be spoilers. I mean, it's quite a simple movie, really. I got inspired from this movie, Curtis. So, this is like the ultimate process movie. You might be thinking, God, Nathan's here we go. We're referencing a movie about some like killer, some assassin. Or something. like <laughs> These guys have lost the plot at this point, right? That's not the takeaway from the movie. We're going to try and apply it to League of Legends, but there's some really cool learnings here, especially the <laughs> yeah. first 20 minute monologue. You said that you are, yep. got you to watch it last night. So, you know, I'm watching this and I'm, I'm sort of, you know, the way that he talks about his process, he has a bunch of mantras that he sort of goes. And I okay, so let's, 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 let's back it up a little let's bit. Let's back right? a little so, bit. So,
1: so this, this character is essentially, you're sitting there, you're chilling on your couch, you're yep. watching this movie about a, a hitman, right? About a hitman, essentially.
0: That's what his description would be. His job description. His job description.
1: And then you're, you're watching this and then you're, you're this, this character is, is uh, talking or, or actually showing, I guess, his process, talking about his philosophy. And then you started to draw parallels between your experiences as a League of Legends player and then this guy's process when it comes to assassinating people. <laughs> uh, it's
0: like a burden of what we do because we're right. so obsessed with like our work. We review and all the time. We place like leagues our life basically. Yep. So everything that we're doing, we're trying to relate to League of Legends. It's just, it's just like a, a thing that's in our yeah, brain. You can't really stop You it. can't switch it off, right? Yeah. So I'm just always thinking, oh, how could I use that for my craft house? Because mm. that obviously this is, you know, fantasy and stuff like that. So anyway, so he's got some really cool mantras and it's sort of just made me think about what's actually the purpose of a process? Mm. And I was just asking some questions like, hmm, this is real interesting here. So he's got a couple of ones here that he sort of says, and again, it's not spoilers or anything, but he repeats these things constantly, like stick to the plan, anticipate, don't improvise. And he's got this beautiful line where he goes, this is what it takes, what you must commit yourself to. If you want to succeed, simple. So essentially what I see the characters done he has a bunch of process narratives, all that sort of stuff that we talk about and broke icons that have in. And it's quite simple. Like if you actually think about it logically, he says that this is what it takes. This is what I do. If I don't do it, I don't get results. This is for anything. Our three block process here. The way we view solo queue, we talk about having a healthy relationship with the game. You have people sometimes, you know, they may come across our content and they be like, you know, you got to do this three game block or whatever. We don't really recommend. We don't don't shove it down people's throats. Mm -hmm. This is just what works for us. It works for our clients. Your process could be nine game blocks. Right, But if that's you have to agree with that for yourself. I was like, this is my process. This is what it takes for me. It's as simple as that. If I don't do it, I don't get results. We find more often than not that people don't have results with these type of processes right? Um, from our experience. But I think it's important for people to just really sit down and just write down, what are my philosophies with my craft? It doesn't have to be... I'm not talking about life philosophies, just like your work. You can, you can apply this to work. You can apply this to obviously League of Legends, which we're going to try and do. What are my mantras when things start to get ugly? So the great thing about this movie is that, I mean, we're on the extreme end of things, right? Like this is this chaos happening. People, it's life or death, people are dying, right? So you could say, well, you know, do you really need these unless you're like in life or death, you know, situations where, you know, you could be going to prison and stuff like that or, you know, killed by some other hitman. But because our brains, because we're such emotional creatures, we know this from League of Legends as well, I was thinking it's so important to have a process because when, thing, when things, when shit hits the fan, this is what you bring it back to. And in the movie, there's so many sequences that you sort of see where it's sort of showing how his process is rewarding him constantly. Like something will happen, like, oh, if he didn't have that mantra, he would have died. So I think that was really cool thinking about, again, my solo queue, the way I approach things. It really inspired me to like, let me just double it. Let me actually write down my process, the way I view the game and constantly repeat these things to myself when games start getting chaotic. And I do that now. I mean, you do that as well, right?
1: Yeah, no, totally. And and I see where you're coming from. I think there was an interesting quote as well. I'm going to butcher it, but it was something along the lines of, it doesn't matter how experienced you are or how good you are at something. You will always get sloppy. We always naturally get complacent. And I feel like the what the process or his process does is like keeps him sticking to this plan that will lead to consistent results. That's inherently for him. It needs to be incredibly high level. So it needs to be very, very on point there's no room for error but at the same time it needs to be consistent it can't just be it can't just be one off one you know one he does like i guess one assassination perfectly it needs to be consistently every single time he's able to replicate that kind of performance you know uh, every every time and i think that for him that's kind of what that process was about i want to i love what you said there i want to kind of riff off this a little bit um a lot of people kind of, you know, this is where the fake process comes into play, I feel like, where they, they, they listen to us blindly and they, they say, all right, I'm going to review games. I'm going to three block. But they don't really understand where this all really comes from, mm. right? What we're looking for, right? The, the reason we enjoy the three block process so much is because we want to be, we want to, I guess, stabilize our level of play as much as we possibly can. We, we want to maximize the chances of expressing our best self on the Rift. Therefore, therefore, we want to play with as much energy as possible. We want to have some sort of consistency in our routine, so we know kind of what we're getting ourselves into. Roughly, how long do we need to stay on point four? Like, it, it comes from a place of like, there's a there's a bunch of problems that we have with our solo queue these are what we perceive as the solutions. Like we didn't randomly pull these out of thin air, nor did this character from the movie. It's not like he has this little watch that, you know, he was looking at his heart rate and mm-hmm. he's like, I won't take the shot unless it's under 60, 65, well, 65 or yeah. something like that. And then he takes the shot because he would have been, he would have probably at some point tried to take the shot with a, a heart rate of 80 beats per minute or whatever it is. And then misses. And he's like, that's just too inconsistent. Or he, he knows that if he doesn't repeat these mantries, he's going to lose the plot. He's going to overthink. He's going to start having empathy for the victim. And then he's going to get in his head. That's going to probably rise his heart rate. And then he's not going to be able to stabilize his shot. Everything is a problem and a solution. So what a process really is, is that there's a bunch of problems that we're trying to solve. Not just one, probably many. And then these are all kind of trying to, or you're trying to create a a, a set of behaviors that tick as many boxes as possible because the 3 ball process isn't perfect but it does cover a lot a wide variety of potential problems mm-hmm. right get going Pro- to
0: the word back to consistency i'm trying yeah. to problem solve how i can create some form of process to get me consistent results over a long period of time exactly
1: i i love this and we'll come back to that i want to just just do a bit of a pivot here for a second because i just reminds me you something that was really interesting was do you get clients that question you in terms of you know you have your take on a specific play or maybe actually I want to frame it a different way I, I want to share my experience and then maybe I want to share if, I want you to share if you had a similar experience Sure. So you know I talk a lot about these concepts from a, in, in, from a mid lane perspective in terms of like wave management and um, baiting CS uh, tempo resets all these are like kind of specific concepts right. It almost feels like sometimes when I'm trying to explain these, that the client feels like I just pulled them out of thin air. And we go through a review and like, here, you didn't manage the wave properly. Here, you should have baited this CS. Here, you should have bought this item instead of this item. And it almost feels like I'm kind of sometimes only scraping the surface. Like I'm giving them the solution rather than trying to... I'm not getting across the problem enough. And what I did after this review today, I said... I want to explain to you for a second why all these things exist. Why all these? Con- where do these concepts come from? Well, if I'm playing Yone into Vex here in this specific case, I want to minimize damage taken. That's one problem, right? I'm taking too much damage. So, how do I do that? I probably got to bait some minions. I got to sacrifice maybe a caster here there to try and bait out that Vex E to get rid of the fear. So then I can create space to actually get more farm. Okay, if I don't do that, what's the what's the alternative if I don't bait CS? I'm just gonna get walk up, get a last hit, get full combo by a Vex. I've got to hold the wave roughly on my side because if the wave's on Vex's side, then how am I gonna safely CS without just getting either dying to a jungle or like I'm not gonna be able to get access to the Vex. I'm not gonna have enough threat down the long lane. The third one is tempo reason. Why you know why do these concepts exist? Well, what's the alternative? I don't want to stay in lane for an extended period of time when I'm low because then if I'm low as Yona, Yona specifically. I don't have any threat on the opposition, and therefore, I'm just going to slowly bleed more farm. So, the underlying problems is that I want to get as much farm as possible so that I can get to my key item spikes so that I can actually beat this guy. So, they're the real problems, and everything from those problems, like when you understand the underlying trading patterns, you understand the problems that you're trying to solve, everything else kind of just flows naturally. You know, like the the solutions are, are, are inherently a byproduct of. The problems, the solutions aren't just randomly, they're not solutions of a, of a random. Does they sound cool or there? No, they're a that's just what someone told me to do. Or something, yeah. It's not just some random technique pulled out yeah. of thin air. It's what is the, again, it, it's, a, it's a direct solution to a problem. And that's the way I kind of view everything in League. There is a, a problem and then there's my attempt at a solution. What do you, does this have resonated all with your experiences?
0: I have one with the Rift Herald. Someone will say, you know, you got you got to Rift Herald for first tower gold, right? So there's, there's obviously opportunities in the game where, you know, a, game, a tower's at two plates, and then, okay, we, can, we should Rift Herald it. I bring it back a layer. It's like, yeah, cool. That's a general concept up there. But how about we ask the problem, okay, what does towers give us? Obviously, it gives us map control, but it also gives us gold. How can we maximize the amount of gold we can get with this Herald? There's more plates on the map. There's other towers. So you think, okay is my laner further enough ahead or is this easy enough to break this two plate tower naturally save my herald for plates somewhere else and then chip away at another tower right so i've absolutely have heard that's the
1: problem the problem is all the 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 potential thing you want to maximize amount of gold and then you have a solution for that which is using rift in a different way rather than wasting my rift down there the tower's going to die anyway they don't need me i can maximize rift on the other side of the map get plates that we wouldn't have otherwise got and I'm, i'm assuming that's your point right that's right exactly and i think that like this is where I think a lot of people with process misunderstand. Because they ask me questions like to us, like, can I play a fourth game if I want to? Mm. Should I, how often should I review? Um, Should I review past this point, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Well, but, but I always think, let's
0: like answer that question about, can you play fourth block? I say, let's say if I say yes, I think nothing comes from that in a way. It's like, yeah, you can play it, sure. But again, going back to, you understand why you're playing that
1: exactly. That's my point. Yeah, and that's I think that's what what I, you know, from your whole monologue there about like the the movie and that character. I think that's what I I personally take away from that. It's like it's understanding what the pro what what is the purpose of the process. When you understand that, when you understand what you're trying to do with the in our case with League of Legends, the three block with the, the what the challenges of solo queue, I guess. Solokyu
0: contract. The Solokyu,
1: solo is... and I guess I think that's a better way to frame it. What are the challenges of Solokyu? Number one, minimizing tilt, tilt sprees because it's inevitably a very emotional emotional thing. Um, staying focused, maximizing intensity as in many games as possible. Saying you know maximizing your energy. Um, you know, getting maximum learning from each and every game. You know, all, these are all the challenges that we face. This is how we learn and grow. So again, that's where the three block with reviews really comes into play. So. It, we're open for suggestions. If anyone has Absolutely. a more, if yes. anyone has a, a more efficient way to go yes. about this or a more efficient solution to the problems, let us know. I'm where all where all we all ears. Yeah. we all ears. we want to know. Yeah. Again, that's what I want. I want to hear. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: It's not like we're just not like on some um, some high horse and pedestal. This is where yeah. you're just spewing stuff at you. It's like this is our solution Our, our this problem. Yes.
1: In its current state, and it may differ at some point in the future. I don't know. Maybe there is an evolution of the three ball process at some mm. point. I, d- I don't know. Mm. But yeah, I think you raise a really, really good point.
0: So yeah, the movie got me thinking about you know, and the message to the people from this segment mm. is really think about write it down, what your philosophy is on the game dealing with certain challenges. Again, tilt's obviously a really big one people talk about. Even stuff like what is your your uh, mantra? Let's say for your champel. Let's say if it is like I am going to uh, six champions is required to have success in solo queue, right? Let's say that could be your mantra that. But, you know, you've got to test that, you know, stress test that and see how that goes. Mm. You know, again, it's not a recommendation. But as long as you've got it written down, so then you can be accountable for it. And if it doesn't go wrong, if things go wrong, you can then readjust your narratives, your process. Processes aren't just going to be just this perfect thing from the get-go. Just adjust and just hear us out, hear out experts, see what other people have done that have gotten success. You and what I that. love
1: about the whole mantra thing, by the way, actually repeating a mantra and this is what I do in so games so important the what's yes. next yes. what is my job this game yeah. how do I win this game it's not about the words itself it's about what it invokes in your mind it's bringing it back to something it's kind of like a, a reorientation of like okay I'm in a shit show I'm in a, sh- I'm in a chaotic situation it gives you something to latch onto to to me okay boom 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 I've been in the, okay I've been in this situation before I know what I'm looking for and it kind of gets you back aligned and switched on you know so there's kind of like the two parts of the mantra, it, the, the message itself of the mantra, but then the, the calming, reorienting, calibrating effect of the mantra itself.
0: Getting the heart rate down in the example of the movie. Exactly,
1: exactly. That's like the physiological response to the actual mantras, exactly.
0: I I like I like have one all the time as a jungler because I play specifically you know early game junglers and I can get ahead and I, it's very easy for me to make plays in the game. Mm. And I will always repeat to myself, we've already won the game, my team outscales, I've already got an early lead, I don't need to do anything. I don't need to do anything. I'll repeat that, you know, t- every m- two minutes, I'll repeat that to myself because I've lost so many games where even though we're ahead, our comp doesn't really t- come online for a while, like in terms of p- I have to wait for people's item spikes and I'll still throw those games. And so that's, again, like a mantra that I'll actually take from game to game. Mm. So I probably have like my game-specific mantras and then the yeah, the right. big picture ones,
1: right? Spot on. I love it. I think it's really, really cool. And And, and yeah, I think... I think um, it's one of those unique things for us as well. Whenever we do, whether it's when we read a book and it has nothing to do with Lee, or <laughs> yeah. we, we're going to somehow bring it back. Bring it, it back to it. Even
0: yeah. if it doesn't, we're going to think about it. The thought's going to happen. Yeah, it's at right. least going to go yeah. through our mind in
1: some way, shape, or form.
0: So that's people's weekend movie guys Watch Check it out, the killer. The killer, and it's BBC approved.
1: It's BBC approved, right here. Um, so I wanted to talk about the end of review mistake topic. You're a massive advocate. I know you specifically are oh, a lots. massive... You were the one that coined this term, yeah. the end of review mistake. And so essentially, for those of you who are unfamiliar with it, um, essentially, it's thrown a lot around in the BBC universe. Um, essentially, meaning everything from this point onwards in the game is kind of... Actually, you know what? Before I talk about my definition, I want to hear it from the master. Yeah? <laughs> All right. Walk me through your interpretation of what you... What is the definition of, the end of re- or an end of review? End of review, not even every mistake, end of review. What does that mean to you?
0: So it's game changing. The game would look a whole lot different if you didn't make this mistake as insane consequences for the result of the game. It's a point in the game where I can look at it and then I can create principles from it. I can create, apply concepts to it and then apply it to other games.
1: So it doesn't necessarily mean the game's over. No. It just means the game is gone a different...
0: Different direction. Completely different direction. Uh, and the keyboard's a negative completely direction. in a very big negative direction. Yes, okay. It's a major mistake. I mean, on my stream, I have we have the end of review. And basically, I mean, if you want to get granular, it's like, when the enemy team gets more gold out of the play than you do, or just more value out of that play, I guess gold's also can look in different ways you know like let's say if you lose a little bit but you, you win out some fights casting and gets a double kill gets some shutdowns like this is what I mean this is where the end of review is very yeah tricky. it's, it's, it's very, tricky it's a very it tricky, is tricky thing because when people first come to they think they stream it's like oh it's just a death because most of the time it's deaths but there is good deaths obviously in the game
1: I think it's a lot more complicated than you think. We both think it is. Mm. I had this question. Someone sent mm. me this clip. I want to show it in a second here. Okay. Is this an end of review mistake? I would
0: I, I would do, do a segment. I'll do a podcast of just breaking down end of review mistakes all day long, dude. I would love end of review mistakes. They're so exciting to me. Let's but I see, think the goes. list is endless. Yeah. I mean, I,
1: okay. So before we get into this okay. clip, I, I've got my own principle. My own no, so what's your principle? Take? Yeah. What's
0: your principle for end of review? My
1: principle is that-
0: I actually said on stream today- because I, I look at the other people or like the Midlanders and stuff, it's like Curtis would say end of review mm. here. And I think, I wonder if Curtis actually would say end right. of review, but I, I'm pretty sure it would be end of review. Right.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, I've had to think a lot about this. And basically the conclusion that I've come to is that an end of review mistake is one where it fundamentally prevents you from fulfilling your champ's identity and role in the comp. I think that's a good definition. That's it. Okay. So I'm going to show you an example of a death. And I want you just from your immediate I know I'm hard because it's a mid lane perspective, is this an end of review mistake? No, I think
0: I have a good understanding All right, of it ready? so man. this is a
1: level four Syndra. four minutes in the game play it out here takes an excellent trade onto the way here master cannon, Huey comes through, It is Briar comes through we burn flash and we die and that's the game state.
0: Um. So resources flashes are important, right? So a lot of flashes were burnt. We still have TP. You're not really going to lose any minions. I don't think that's end of review. That's fine. I'm like that's a, that's that's just the way league works sometimes. That's not end of
1: review. Yeah, I totally agree. Bam. Just spot on. A plus, Nathan. I'm a genius. And 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 so again, I want to tie back to that 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 my my framework. Yeah. Does this fundamentally change your like kind of like your role in the comp? And your identity here, and so essentially here, if you take a look at this, Syndra into Way, you're st- Wei didn't get the kill, you've got TP, mm. you're still going to win the matchup. You've actually got a decent amount of gold that you've gone to base with. You can go back get like an Amptoom, uh Sapphire Crystal Reef or whatever. You're in a fine spot. Yeah, you might lose a few creeps. It's not a. It's not like one of those massive big deal deaths. Also, the thing is important to note is that even though you don't have flash. Briar's not... I mean, yeah, Briar's threatening, but it's not like a... If the Hawaii...
0: Hawaii I, I call it Hawaii. I like meaning it by the Hawaii, Briar. Like, I mean, yeah. Easily I think threat. you could easily still survive. You can the, survive if yeah. you want to survive. If yeah. you
1: have good warding, linear, you mm. can survive. And also, I think it's important to note that Bot's doing an okay job. Top's doing an okay job. So in terms of like, the, your role in this comp, you're still going to be a significant AP threat. You're still going to be a great carry slash secondary carry. It doesn't change much, really. No. It's annoying. Mm. It's definitely it's definitely noteworthy, but it's not an end of review mistake. And so I think that like a lot of and 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 look, this is a very a, a hard question. I think you can't even answer this question: Is this borderline interview until you actually have significant champion mastery? Because you need to know, you need to know how how bad that death is based off past experiences like if okay let's paint a different picture let's say here for example both my sides were losing i'm the one that got can kind of pick and draft i i have to you know both my sides are struggling i was the one winning lane the my both my sides were already losing um i don't have tp wave shoving away from me that's borderline end of review mm-hmm. Mm. boom just like that just a few variables just shifted around a little bit boom that's borderline end of review or maybe i'm facing a higher threat jungler or maybe off the the back of that death they're able to dive bot and then whatever or maybe i had a bounty my point being is that there's a lot of variables at play here but the fundamental question is am i able to fulfill my champion's identity or my role in the composition that it would otherwise and i think that in order to answer that question you gotta you gotta have a decent amount of champ mastery and i think at the beginning of your journey with a champ you can't actually answer that question that effectively. No. And it's going to be very, very difficult. Mm. Yeah, so there's there's definitely a
0: spectrum of simple ender reviews, quite obvious. Missed all my abilities, got my team triple killed. Uh, I started a dragon as a jungler and it was just a bad drag start. Uh, you know, that doesn't require champ mastery, right? But then there is more advanced. And again, this is end of reviews. And again, this is where it gets to reviewing is a skill Yeah, and uh,
1: And it takes a lot of experience. I like to view it on a spectrum of like, like you just said there, I don't think it's black or white. I mean, I think in some cases it is, right? In in some of those rare cases, it can be an extremely obvious end of review death or not at all. But more often than not, it's going to be somewhere on that scale. If you give it a rating of zero to a hundred, right? Zero meaning death doesn't really mean jack shit nothing at all, basically. And 100 means, okay, it's the worst possible death you could actually have It's an instant end of review, right? More often than not, it's probably going to be in that range in the middle where it's like oh, it's like a 70 or, or 60 or maybe a 40, 35. It's annoying or or maybe not that annoying. And it's going to be in that gray area. And, that, and I think as well, you know, it, this is where it also depends on where you're at in your journey. If I'm a pretty high level Master Plus player, that could actually be an end of review mistake because your standards are so high. You're not really going to have, you don't really want to, re- your focus might be on really tightening up your first eight minutes, really leaving no room for error. And that you could ha- make that a personal, it could be a personal end of review. You know what I mean? Like that's where I think like the personal, your personal preferences come into play, but maybe for someone um, or maybe vice versa earlier on in their journey, maybe they, they do need to be, really quite strict and they don't, they want to end the review at one death as well. Like, I think it's the way you interpret it as well. And I think that's where personal preference come into play. I think me and you have our own personal take on what an end of review mistake is, but you might be like, you know what? Yeah, I I understand this is bad, but I still want to go on from this point because I think there's things I could have done. And that's okay as well. Again, I want to tie this back to the framework that we had earlier, Nathan. What's the problem here? What's the core problem? What, what is, what is end of review, uh framework is a solution to what problem the problem being we want to be efficient with our review process and maximize learnings and not get bogged into a hole where we're reviewing something that doesn't actually matter it shouldn't have happened in the first you shouldn't, shouldn't even be in that situation the first that's I always the say problem. these these uh re-
0: reviewing past this point we're solving problems that require so much effort energy so rare that it's not worth putting the effort into
1: exactly and and actually I would say what we what we need to do in league is that we need to be very intelligent with our time and energy yeah. there are many many things we could be directing our attention to we need to really laser focus on the things that like the, that are really foundational and that are going to be shaping or, or situations that you can see in many other games and the just the the 20% is essentially within your play
0: mm. love it Again, I could sit here looking at end of Reviews order because I've, because I I consciously, I'm, I'm good at it for other roles as well because I consciously consciously, lo- in a game literally in a game or in a review hmm. I look at end of review mistakes on my laners.
1: But do you, you know? But I will say one last thing about the end of review thing, Nathan. I, I really think end of review is one of those. Um, double-edged sword techniques. Oh, absolutely. It yeah. is It is really... It's feast or famine in a way uh, for a lot of people. Yeah. Right? I mean, you, I think you, you were the great example. You took that end of review... To the extreme. To the extreme and to a detriment where you would check out in a game because you knew that this was a borderline, a, a really disastrous mistake. Mm. And you would let that affect you mentally throughout the game. And I think a lot of people who watch our content have actually had that experience as well where they, oh, Nathan and Curtis would have said, end of review, I fucked They're up the game. They're literally thinking about that. I've They're had judging
0: that. their play in the game. They're like, Nathan would say this, so like, that means I should just give up. That's literally what people have said, that, that exactly. they've, they've had my voice in their head when they make an end review play. But you know the funny thing is, Curtis, You know me taking it to the extreme, and I think some of my clients take it to the extreme, it might hurt them in the short term. I'm convinced it helps them in the long term though still. I think that the positive actually still outweigh the negatives because eventually, like that's where we're at my own point now, you've built so many painful experiences muscle memory that it's, I mean, maybe I built a toolkit to start dealing with that. Okay, I did. Again, go back to the killer, dude. I did. I built a toolkit. I had to f- build a toolkit to deal with. With um, that problem. With the problem of giving up after I made my interview mistake because it just wasn't working for me anymore, right? I had to sit down like, okay, I've got to come up with a toolkit. And my toolkit is is... Trick myself by asking, okay, what's the next best decision? What's the next best decision? Information, distract myself with collecting information, uh, and also be really internalizing the enemy team's gonna make other end of room mistakes to capitalize on. And I've also won many games where I've had insane massive of mistakes that should have been game over but I played out of my mind still throughout the game so once I start having those experiences I start breaking that narrative down a little bit for us from from myself and then think about that I've gone to the extreme I've had all that experience that painful experience and now I'm a a deadly player as well because I will not give up yeah, so he's doing the I get what you mean. So I, it's
1: like it's like you're, you've you created an additional <laughs> problem by solving one problem, <laughs> yes. but then you had another. Now you've got another solution to another problem that you created. Yeah, but in a way, you had to solve that first problem to yes. get to the next stage anyway. Exactly right. But I, I get your point. But but I will say though, and I think this where I think it really depends on on personality types because I feel like you you've got this very like per, you you're, you'll persevere in the face of. Adversity, like you, you will sit there and, and figure out. Doesn't matter how long it takes, exactly. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people don't you're have right. that. Without right. like, they will lose their mind. Mm-hmm. They'll dig themselves a massive rut and they'll just fucking give up and quit. You know, or like they will do. They'll swap role or swap champion, or they will do some extreme thing to not, you know, to, because they feel like they are fundamentally the problem. You know that you're, it's not you are you as an individual that's a problem. It's something about your play, and that's where I feel like what I've noticed as well, Nathan, when when someone experiences the same problem for long enough, you know what their first default response is? Is that it's about them as, a, as an individual, as a person, not about their level of play anymore. They start to go to the things like, Am is this, Am I even possible of climbing? Am I just stuck? Am I just a shit gamer? Am I? Is this champ just? Um, am I just unable to play this champion to a high level? You know, that's where. And I feel like you, you just bypass that. For you, it's not. That's not even part of the fucking equation. It's like for you, it's like I, I know I can do this. I just got to figure out how. So I think that, that's that like growth mindset. And I feel like for you, you've got that rock solid like growth mindset. So look, I think you're, for yeah, some, you're people, right. yes, yeah. from, some people, yes. some people, no. I, I I don't know. Yeah. or Maybe I'm just underestimating the power of the human spirit and you know how they you're can like, overcome adversity. You're like pessimistic you. Yeah, I am mean. a little bit pessimistic. <laughs> yeah. I'll be honest, because just from what I've seen. Yeah. You know? uh, so I don't know. It don't is. Know.
0: Going back to your initial point, it's definitely a double-edged sword. You can take it to the extreme. But uh, yeah, I mean, even now, I'm just sharing my experience there. The toolkit yeah. that I built to it right, is the enemy's going to make plenty of enemy But mistakes again, that's why I want to make is. it clear.
1: The problem is... Mm. You want to be. You don't want to waste time reviewing things that aren't relevant to your client. You don't want to get distracted, bogged down in details, because that's where you really lose your mind. Mm. You really, really lose the plot if you're reviewing a game where you're zero three, and you're looking at some team fight. You're trying to like nitpick a dragon fight at zero. It's just like you're, oh, you're so yeah, you're fucked. you're yeah. done. Yeah. You're just done. Like get me out. You yeah. Know? And
0: then also really done. when people like they're looking at one fight the game somehow becomes even look at one fight at 33 like a baron
1: like a baron fight at 33 33 minutes, the game, minutes. and, and like,
0: then they're oh. like saying ah oh, i lost this game and like yeah how my I Eddie win-
1: carry lost me the game here by getting picked in mid yeah
0: <laughs> but then they'll come as well They'll say uh, how do i win this game yes and they're so disconnected they're so because it's dude you've lost the game at minutes it's four eight eleven and fourteen minutes that's four end of review mistakes I could have found in this game, and you're complaining about a 33 minute game exactly. building narratives around my teammates suck. It's you've you've lost your mind at that point. That's, you right. that's why
1: you can't get to that point. It's you can't get reviewable. to that point. So th- this is a way of preventing you from getting to that point. It solves that problem essentially.
0: I see what you mean. Leagues of snowball, Nate. Snow- snowball game. Unless you're going into that review with the mindset of, okay, somehow we you know manage to get even. I'm four items. Everyone else is four items. I felt like I could have played this fight better. Like, did I play this side champion or something like that? Yeah, there you is, can, you, you can, can take, learn from it still, yes, you still yes. but people use it more of a dangerous way of like, how do I win this game? How do I win this fight? Win right. This no, I
1: think you're really spot on there because again, I don't want people to not review mid to late game fights or skirmishes. Mm. You, you still need to look at them, but it's not through the lens of is this the difference between me winning and losing the game? It's more, how could I play this better and optimize my play and my team fighting and my skirmishing, and my position? That'll and, help me in other games. But yeah, nothing to do with, to do with this game. game. That's yeah. right. You, yeah. It's almost as if like there's two types of learnings in league when you're reviewing a game. There's how do I figure out what, do I, what did I need to do to win this game versus what can I take away from this game about my own play that's going to make me a better player holistically? You know what I mean? There's kind of like two types of problems. Like it's a different mindset. And it, it almost feels like, uh, maybe I do this kind of subconsciously. I always have to figure out why I lost the game, but what the end of review mistake was first. first yes. Then yes. I will refine the other things.
0: Correct. That's what I say. Yeah. I say that if you're, when you're reviewing the skill set, the, what you do is you find the, where the game went to bad negative route, took a bad path then comfort okay i understand now i'm not confused about anything else that happens in this game then i can take other learnings but you have to have that conversation first yes
1: love it that's great that's really really important i think that's a really important message i think that's borderline you know the way we should be framing the end of review thing moving forward especially when we do the season 14 rank guide i think Mm. we want to really push one that one Mm. push that one home yeah um Did you have another topic before we move on?
0: Yes, I did indeed. Um, Someone came onto my stream and we had a bit of a conversation. And he like perfectly spelled out a narrative. And for some reason, I was a little bit uh, taken off by it because I didn't really know how to answer. But then looking back, I was like, wait, it's so obvious what the answer is. The narrative was, let me just go find it. Um... When the game's looking over, when the game's looking doomed, i it's no point me trying anymore because I'm conserving my energy for the next game. Does that make sense? Yeah. So this is what some guys like... This is his narrative. That was his narrative. His narrative is that that's why he'll give up when his teammates... Like when the game's just like... Let's say the score's like, you know, five kills and they're 11 and they have two dragons, right? He'll just... He's he's the way that he says is like this is actually healthy for me to just mentally check out of this game which will conserve my energy so I can play better in the next game there's no point worth trying because if I try it so hard and still lose this game I'll be more affected by it
1: okay did you want to share your findings first or you want me to explore this you can explore first okay well again I feel like that's one of those problem solution type things right where you've got a potential solution to a problem in a way you can see how it does have a, some sort of use case, but I feel like it's one of those scenarios where you create more problems than you solve. Hmm. Right. So let's say you solve one problem. You're also creating four problems and those problems would be number one, creating a bad habit of checking out after things don't go your way. Number two, um, I would say, I would say you're actually just straight up, um, not even giving yourself the opportunity to come back from games. You're expecting the enemy's going to play perfectly. So you're not even going to... You're actually probably losing games that would have actually been free wins without even you realizing it. I think number three... Um, what I found as well with that whole thing is that when you've got... It actually puts you in a bad mood. I've actually had a similar thing when I'm like, oh yeah, whatever, this is one of those games you... It's very, it's very hard to have that mentality and then switch it back on for another game. In my experience, I feel like there's something. Yeah, it's there. Yeah, too theoretical. There a little it's bit. It's too theoretical. That, yeah. I, like, I've done <laughs> something like that before. Yeah. I'm like, oh, just whatever. Let's go next. But then, yeah. I feel like it creates some sort of negative emotional state where yeah. you're kind of you you're, you're thinking more about the the wins and loss in that game rather than just. You know, exactly and then the right. other one was the thinking about the wins and losses rather than yes. well, how can I maximize my learning from each and every game and and the expression of best self. You're getting very far away from the how do I express my best self on the Rift and how can I d- you know, make the game as easy as possible or hard as possible for the enemy to win, therefore creating just great principles, great habits to be a, just a scary solo queue player. You yeah.
0: Know? yeah. So then I, I, I reflected after, right? I think it's just as simple as that he's too focused on the outcome of the yeah. result. Of The game, and it's also as well me partly thinking as well. The energy is so extreme, it sounds like, for him to figure out how to win this game. We're not, it shouldn't Shouldn't really really, be, just doing your job. You're just chilling, just assessing information. Like, yeah, you're gonna, you're You're just playing the game, you're just playing the game, you're just
1: playing the game. You're not really playing any harder than you would otherwise. (laughs) Yeah, because the way I view it is like, what are you saving it for? Like, you you plan to do a three block anyway, you should have enough fuel in the tank to play three 35 minute games, regardless. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. That's the whole point of the three block process. You're not really saving energy for anything else.
0: I feel like that 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 mindset is again making it seem harder than it actually is. You know, we're just sitting down playing a game of League of Legends. Yeah, obviously it's pretty mentally taxing. You got to play with intensity, but when I hear that statement, it sounds like it's like
1: you have to try extra hard now that you're behind. Yeah. But it's actually not really the no, case. No. I've never really felt like that. No, it's like I'm only I can only do what my champion allows me to do right? I would have the same mindset from ahead and behind. I don't want to die. I need to value my life. I need to think about the next objective and think about the lane assignments. It's the same thing. It's almost as if he thinks that when we're ahead, I need to think less. And when I'm behind, I need to think more. When it's flat, always flat. It's high intensity, high energy, the same variables. It's the same information processing and gathering. It's just like, Sorry, the same information gathering, but just different information processing. You're just coming up with a different solution. Yeah, I think that you're absolutely spot on there. Mm.
0: I'm just looking at the can't hurt me, and I'm just thinking like David Goggins will say that's like a soft, you're like weakening your mind yeah. by just giving up and not even if you're going to lose that game. Whether you think it's like a lot of energy, or we just discussed that we should be the same sort of energy, whether you're in a head or in a losing position, um, it's just going to just create more problems. That's right. So yeah, you're solving one problem maybe, but you're creating four or five other problems.
1: Yeah, it's like it's like I have anxiety, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up smoking cigarettes it's like, yeah you know, it's help me calm down my nerves take the edge off things but then it's like well you're creating a whole hell a lot of other problems that's a good analogy and it's so funny because i was thinking
0: after like am i like really gullible or something because he like convinced me he's right. like you yeah, know that actually makes a lot of sense right like, you might be onto something there
1: yeah no no because i think that's the reason why because it you, you it does logically make sense yeah. and it is solving a i guess theoretically some sort mm. of like I guess you know you can you can't, you could make the argument that it's like okay if I stop processing any information anymore I don't use my lol states at all anymore and I just legit just switch off then yes objectively you will have more mental brain power for the next game right more mental energy so you can't argue with that I think this yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, is yeah that's why he
0: like got me I and mean, <laughs> that's like think about it there yeah it just goes to show again how easy it is to come up with narratives that actually seem logical on the surface but there's so many other things going on at play that you're not thinking about that's right so you got to really check your narratives
1: and you know and honestly for for someone like that like if they're really not convinced with our take on that thing try that yeah and see how it works for you long term mm-hmm. and then really try and do some reflection and pay attention to your relationship with the game and are you progressing utilizing this technique you know and i feel like if you're really honest with yourself you know yeah if you really want to do it, do it. But it's just like, that,
0: like again, going back to the kill that he'll write that down. This write that down. Is, this is my process. That's it's a principle part of my or some
1: mantra that I want to do, and I, I, I'm going to try that out and then see what happens. If you want to do that, you know, mm. we recommend against it for those reasons. But if you're really convinced and have a crack, and let's say, let us know your findings, how it goes over the next few months. You know, is it um, summer school or Curtis's clips? I forget. Yeah. It's summer school, Curtis. Next summer school.
0: Okay. All right, so. This one here is from Solfar. The title of this one is, Do you really need to play with your camera unlocked to be good at this game? This one has, interestingly, more comments than upvotes. It's got 250 comments, so a lot of people not really upvoting the post, but they have a lot to say about it. Right? Uh, Obviously, unlocked camera is a hot topic um, in League of Legends. One of our most clicked videos on this channel Curtis is our reaction hmm. to we had some funny story of the locked camera player you're casted in person who tp'd or whatever you can look that up on the channel I've been playing since season five and I just can't play with my camera unlocked every time I do I lose vision of my champion I die more and feed more often when my camera is locked onto my champion I can 1v9 I just don't get how people do it. And I've been told by many of my high elo friends that I need to play with camera unlocked, but I just can't do it. Especially uh, especially in team fights. I can't play with my camera unlocked. So do I really need to do it if I play better with it locked on? And if I do need to unlock it, how do I do it without
1: feeding? I've got a, an analogy here, Nathan. Okay. Playing with locked camera is like is like going for a a run or going for a walk down the street without tying your shoelaces. So you can still get from A to B with your shoes on, but if you don't have your your laces tied up, you might trip over something. You might, you, you, you could put yourself into a pretty disastrous situation, right? You might trip over it while going upstairs. You might, you're carrying the groceries and you might accidentally, you might get caught on something. You know what I mean? So my point being is that you can, you can, you know it's serviceable you can get from a to b but there's a lot of like what ifs there's a lot of scenarios where it's like your life would be a lot easier if you just did it and that's kind of how it feels like there are players that can get to a high rank without it the the top comment here is uh literally 130 upvotes.
0: says it has more upvotes in the post it probably helps but i have a friend that hit masters this past split and keeps his camera i want to
1: speak to with about mysterious mysterious the mla coach he got to uh gm i believe with with it locked with a nivea Again, the context is very important. It's what champion you play. He mm-hmm. played a Nivea at that time. Yeah. You know, he was like, I think he was like a Nivea OTP or whatever. He got to a relatively high level in Europe, US with it. But then he realized, holy shit, I'm so capped. And he just, and he regretted it. He, it was one of his biggest regrets. He said, I had to go back to scratch with my my unlocked camera. And I dropped way, 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 way down, like into Diamond and stuff, trying to redo it. Um, but he had to do it. And I was like, thank God. It was like a massive important thing for him. Um, so yes, you can climb. It's like again, you can go from A to B walking with your shoes untied, but there are going to be scenarios where it's really going to bite you in the ass, and you know, and you're going to trip over yourself. It's exact same. There's going to be that team fight in the river where you really needed to know if they flash or not, or if the Ezreal had already used E, or if so on and so forth happened, and if you miss that information, that can completely change the trajectory of the fight, and that's the reality. It's really that simple. It's really it, that yet? simple.
0: I have a locked camera player that comes on my stream a lot. And we actually just seen demonstrated again, like I'm saying, things are happening and all that sort of stuff because I'm live coaching, and it's just so clear. I'm like, I, have, I
1: have no idea how to approach this fight.
0: It, it's so clear. It's like we're missing information here. We missed the potentially a gang, something like that. It's just we just straight up missing potential this opportunities. Flat out, simple. End of that's story. It. End of story. There's that's a, that's the problem. You can do. You can go for it again, sure. You're running around with your and you can you can compensate untied. for
1: it by doing other things and being good at other things, right? But ultimately, it's a big problem and you do need to fix that at some point and it hurts to watch especially from a coach's perspective i'm like it's actually frustrating because it's like i don't even know how you're coming to these conclusions how do you even know that this is a gank that you can go for? you're not even looking at the lane <laughs> yeah you're not even looking at the lane what the hell yeah. you're you're fighting and then the the pan are you're, you're kind of walking into a direction you're walking into the enemy team and i have no <laughs> idea where they are and what they're doing and what abilities they have casted i have no idea and so, yeah, more often than not, if you're pretty accurate with your abilities, whatever, you got okay positioning, you can make up for that. But that's not a good habit to get into in long term. Now, quickly talking about how to break it. I've actually got some techniques about that. You know, it is really one of those rip off the band-aid scenarios. You got to just rip it off. And
0: I mean, to answer his question at the end, uh, how do I do it without feeding? You will feed your you off. To it's feed. inevitable. <laughs> yeah,
1: That's the consequence of going this far without doing
0: it. Mysterious. He dropped from what GM to what? Diamond like diamond 1? something. Yeah, there
1: you go. Into so the rest of reality. So, you're gonna die. In, if you want to do it on a second account, do it on a second account. It's gonna take time. The longer, but the, the, for him, he was an extreme case. He played. He played the game for that point at like nine years without with with lock cam. You know, depending on how long he's played the game for, he was an extreme case. If you've only done it for like three years or something, it's probably gonna be a lot less intense. But you know, what I would suggest, by the way, where I'd start with is that off every single lol state coming out of base, get the habit of panning your camera around. Moving, I've actually got exercises that actually in my program, um, MLS program, about it. Like exercises you can do. So you basically put dummies around the map. So you put one in the blue buff and you like walk to it and then you, you pan your camera and then space. Pan, assess the situation, space, and you get, and then you move your camera as you're walking as well, and make sure your character's on the bottom of the screen. So if you're, look, if you're moving upwards, your character should be at the bottom of the screen, because you don't want to be looking below you, you want to be looking in front of you. Vice versa, if you're moving downwards, you want your character to be at the top of the screen, and you want your camera to be at the bottom half of the screen, so you can kind of see where you're moving and where all the variables are. So you can basically create some sort of routine of your own in practice tool, just running around the map, put a bit of music on, put a dummy here, Pan, pan there, pan back. Move, get in the habit of moving your camera as your character's walking. You can play around with that, um, but ultimately you're going to have to play some games and in in your ass off. It's it's inevitable. That's my two cents.
0: I say normal games, seven days, no ranked. Let's do it. That's sort of my. You could probably do it seven days. I reckon seven days. Yeah, I think it's not as hard as people think. Just seven days of only unlocked camera. Be intentional. Start trying to assess things. And just you got to jump on the deep end and just feed. Yep. And normal, it's normal games. It's not really yep. you're not losing ranked for it. So just why not, right? Do it. You can build a pretty good habit pretty quickly. I feel, if um, you're intentional with it, and it's a sole focus. Yes.
1: Beautiful, beautiful. I mean, I've never
0: done that myself. I've seen it work for some people seven days. Maybe it takes longer, maybe fourteen days. But again, I think in the long term it's a great investment, extremely good investment. Because again, it's going to miss. You're going to miss a lot of options.
1: I think it's borderline a non-negotiable. If you want to take the game seriously, yeah. you should do it. It's a non-negotiable. Agreed. Moving on. Yep. All right. Let's get into the details, guys. And welcome everyone to Curtis's Clip Corner. All right. BBC Fam, this one is going to be a bit of a tricky one. I'm going to try my best to explain where my head's at with this one. I, I still, I feel like I'm missing language in my vocabulary to describe what I'm about to explain. All right. Okay, so I've, I want to start big picture here before we even get into the clip. Okay. There is a, a, a phenomena, I guess, that I've I've, I've noticed around. Um, I guess I, I guess it's kind of fitting with our, our whole end of review thing, right? you know, we we have a lot of mantras. One of them is taking match responsibility, you know, um, really having clarity over what you want to do next and really trying to take control of the macro game as well, communicate and stuff. We talk about, um, yeah, really being, I guess, harsh on yourself in that regard, you know, really holding yourself to a high standard. And I feel like, you know, with that, those <clears throat> messages, there's a hidden problem that kind of arises for some people, not everyone. And one of them is, you know it's like oh the more problems that you see in yourself the more problems you see in other people and so when other people around you are making mistakes there are there are a lot of people that get really frustrated at other people's mistakes and they find themselves being very judgmental about everything going on and then and then what happens that, remo- that kind of ruins their flow and and this kind of maybe even ties onto a different problem which is kind of maybe one of the same which is when you understand how the game should be played, you're seeing all the inherent flaws with with the way the game is playing out. It's like, well, oh my God, why are we even doing uh, this? Okay. Like, yeah. you know, we're, we're just now doing this random fight in Bot River what the hell, we shouldn't even be here. This is just such low-level play, blah, 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 blah. Their
0: focus is on the problem rather than what's the solution in this moment? What's next? Like exactly. how, do I, how do I adapt to and, this? And, yeah. and, and
1: you've got to find that middle ground between having an idea of what you want, mm. but then also being willing to adapt to the bullshit and the chaos that is solo queue. And I feel like one of the big challenges a lot of Master Plus players specifically find, High Diamond, is that they're, they're struggling with... They struggle with, especially with necklace. He was the one I had a big chat to today. Was this idea of Zoom being like, okay, yeah, this play isn't optimal, but I I got to make it work, and I got I got to do I got to do what I got to do. And sometimes I might play well, and I might put myself in good situations, but the enemy might mess it up. And you got to find that middle ground of just understanding this is a bad play, not overemphasizing it, staying focused, staying free flow, and doing your job. A bad play
0: executed well is better than a good plan executed poorly.
1: I've actually, funny you should say that. I actually, cha- I actually have a bit of a, a, an adjustment to that now. Okay, I actually say. A, just a plan. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, that's because a lot of people running around with no plans on autopilot <laughs> mode. It
1: actually yeah. doesn't even matter a lot of them what the hell your plan is now. Yeah. Actually, that's like one of the conclusions I've come to. You can play suboptimal League of Legends, but as long as you execute according to what your plan is, just do it. You're gonna learn from it, right? And 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 even just having a- any assemblance of intention is good enough to win a lot of the time. So tying it back to the clip. Because Necklace, this guy came to me, and he said, Curtis, this is the problem that I'm experiencing. This was a question I had and I feel like it fits perfectly. This was a high Diamond Zoe player. And so essentially it's a chaotic fight in the in the mid game here. He's he's really fed 10 and 0. Does a great job. They kill them, whatever. Um, anyway, and then what happens is Dragon's coming up um, here in like, I think 30-ish, 35 seconds or 40 seconds. And so they end up kind of like you know, chasing this Yone. And, and in the moment, you know, the, I think this guy was thinking, oh, we probably should have just reset for, for Dragon, right? Yeah. And look, they kill the Yone, to be fair. I'm like, all right, well, it is what it is. You know, the team went for it. Maybe maybe you could have communicated it better, maybe not, okay, all right? And so what happens, they recall, rede- redeploy back onto topside. you know, and I'm like, okay, they're here a little bit late, but, you know, they're still in the area. And I'm like, well, because you killed the Yone, you know, you can probably play, th- you can definitely play this fight, just relax. You can, you know, you can play this fight. But then what happens is that Silas just like jumps in and just dies? Like Silas, like eat over the back of the dragon? What wall, a maybe psychopath. panicking obviously. Maybe thinking they Literally were rushing dragon, it. Yeah, when he could have just waited for Nautilus to just ward the pit mm. and just let Zoe poke. And this would have been a very favorable situation. What went from a favorable situation with a twelve and zero? You know, Zoe now turned into a shit show. Now we just lose the we lose the fight because Silas is chunked. Aatrox now we can't follow up on that engage at all. The fight's is shit. And, 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 and what he said and what I said to Necklace, I said, this is exactly what you lose your mind over. You're already incoherent over the first half. You're judging yourself in terms of, fuck, I we shouldn't even be here. We should have played for Dragon. And then on top of this, this is another moment where he's judging, oh my God, my silence is so fucking bad. Why didn't they just... Play slow and play around me, and he's kind of like imposing, like expecting that these people are going to play perfect macro. Mm. And you got to get out of your head. You got to adopt this mentality that, yeah, sure, it's good to recognize that maybe this isn't the best play, but you got to be absolutely free flow like water and adapt to whatever's happening in your face. And and I feel like there's a quality of, you know, when when I say a challenger player, like let's say I go even into a master tier game. There's all this bullshit happening, but I just have my reference points and even if plays happen that are a little bit weird, I'm like, all right, let's do what I can. Just do what I can. Do what I can. Do what I can. And I'll just win games. Just cuz I'm in the right place, I'm doing my job,
0: playing good fundamentals. Playing good
1: fundamentals, skirmishing well. I'm not I'm I'm maybe the macro is not perfect, but I'm still kind of Stick into my reference points, and I feel like here, so many players, especially those master players, lose their mind over plays like this because they're getting so frustrated that the team isn't playing perfect League of Legends, and they lose coherence. Mm. Okay. Yeah. What do you th- What do you What do you think
0: about this? I I I have to catch myself a lot mm. of the time. What I will say in my mind is this game would have been way easier if this didn't happen. I'll say that to myself. Right. I'm like, all right, come on. What's next? Right, come on. Yeah. You know, like I'll say that. Cause, cause I will visualize the scenario of the game in my head of what happened if this didn't happen. Uh, for example, the best one is, um, and I've gotten better at it is I'm too slow to identify. We've lost a dragon because of a bad base and I missed the window to trade or dive the other side of the map or something. Right. So I've had, I've had to get better at it. um, because I would just be thinking about it and I'm like, oh, wait, I should be topside down. What am I doing here? Like the play's done because now I've spent all my time thinking about what the game could have looked differently, but that's not going to serve me well in the situation, right? So yeah, I think this is uh, very common for people. And the other way that I think about this as well is that, you know you have the right to think about it that way, this game, the thirteen-zero game, but what happens in the games where you're losing the game for your team from bad macro, right. or you're not focused, you know? So I think it's like, it's very, it's very self-entitled of you to do it in this game, but it's not fair to your teammates because you ruin the game for them in other games. That's another way I think about it as well.
1: And, and, and what I've noticed is that it's much easier to take responsibility for the macro and to really think about this from a macro perspective rather than a micro. And this is where I feel like you're one of like your things that you could do better in your solo queue is right. that like you're really harsh on yourself when it comes to macro, macro yes. Where it's like, oh shouldn't have, shouldn't have been here, I should have done that, I could have been quicker, we should have get, get traded that objective, this lane assignment shit, this reset that, whatever. But then, in a way, you need to treat your macro equally to the the, the way you're fighting and navigating yep. fights. Like I feel like that's one of the key differenti- different, differentiating factors between me and you. It's you're like,
0: way more harder on your you probably are harder on your micro than your macro. Yeah,
1: I, I I feel like I am because I understand that it's like okay, there's going to be so many shitty situations that I'm going to be in inevitably. I got to get good at just fighting.
0: I got to outplay my way out of. I got to out yes. I got to yeah. do. I, yeah. I
1: got to. What does it look like to juice the value of my kit in a given scenario? And when you do that enough, and you have that mentality, you just win scenarios. You get to, you can get to set up, challenger, doing. Yeah, that.
0: I have correct plays that are perfect, but I get outplayed by those players, and then I'm like, holy shit! It's like, well, now I'm, my plans are gone. Exactly. I, I've been on the. You've got to do both, though. Yeah. You've got to do both, and I think you AJ,
1: the MLA coach, he is a great example of this. Where he got to challenger NNA with, in my opinion, pretty average macro but he but he he's just he, like his macro decisions aren't a lot of the time correct but he he just plays them well. Hmm. And I feel like league is a game of like again execution and strategy. You got to do both. And I feel like the ultimate league player needs to have that mentality of okay, I, yeah sure this is not the best play, but how could I have juiced the value out of my kit in this fight? And you can't overemphasize both. Hmm. And I feel like it's sexy. I mean, look, it depends on the personality it's sexy to for some people to look at the macro and be like oh fuck you know they're down there beating themselves up for for being late to the objective but yeah. then they're not focused on the goddamn fight yeah.
0: i call it the coacher syndrome right uh, my theory is that this is why you rarely see coaches that are High elo, even though that they probably they actually have a pretty good understanding mm. of the game because their emphasis they're is over-thinking no. Shit, there's no results. respect for the micro execution. Because yeah. they, they, their mindset, their effort, their energy is not put into that. Yeah. Which makes sense because that's what their job is. They're a coach. And right? because you can
1: compensate for that by just taking high percentage plays. Yes. As well. Yeah. That's right.
0: So I always, but every, the funny thing is, every time I have success in solo queue, it's because I start focusing on my micro and my mechanics and fighting. Because I have both. Once you do both, both. you have good success.
1: That's right. Yeah, so I think it's a bit of a wake-up call for a lot of players. You've got to be okay with the chaos. You know, it's a great example of that.
0: Welcome to SoloQ, a SoloQ contract.
1: Exa- exactly. No, way to, no two ways about it.
0: Moving on. Great. Nathan's mailbag. Away we go. Welcome back for Nathan's mailbag. Jingle, jingle, jingle song. Dear Coaches Curtis and Nathan. Just in case this mail ever gets read, to be read on the podcast, I would be ashamed of letting anyone feel excluded. So, also to distinguished listeners of the BBC podcast. It's a very, very professional way. And then he goes to say, I have of this opportunity to express my deepest feelings of debt and gratitude towards the standard you have set in the league community. Ever since my first encounter with your content, I have been fascinated by your school of thought, which derives its power from a logical and analytical point of view. The process you forge over the years has its roots in almost every discipline of science. <laughs> it's funny how he wrote that. It sounds like we're like solving like human cancer or something here, isn't it? The theory of everything. Yeah, that's right. Like, <laughs> we just playing some really legends, guys. <laughs> but I appreciate it nonetheless. By applying the principles of the process, I've managed to reach my dream rank, Diamond 4. Last split, I finished Gold 4 and land a long-desired working position simultaneously. As my peers are in awe of my relatively impossible career success, I've come to the conclusion that I owe my career victory to my league journey and I owe my captivating league adventure to your unmatched wisdom disseminated on the BBC podcast. I would like to highlight three concepts you broke down in depth that had real-life applications for my situation. Firstly, the mentality of, if you wish to reach Master rank as a Diamond 4 player, you have to begin by finding and understanding the nuances in between your rank and Diamond 3. Ensures a true blueprint for success for it mandates a dissection of the steps in between our position and the desired goal. Almost always the route to success is manifested in the shape of stairs rather than a rocket's launching course. Climbing and persevering throughout this humbling stair may sometimes require us to lay back and remind ourselves that good things take time. Secondly, the BBC Pyramid is an unmatched identification tool to overcome any impediments, whether it seems easily fixable or perceived as an insurmountable, since it narrows the approach and hints where to look for the solution. I always start with these two questions I borrowed generously from Curtis. Number one, how did I contribute to the situation? Number two, could I have made reasonable preparations to reduce the risk or the impact? Finally, but most importantly, I wish to once again emphasize the self-love aspect of any self-improvement journey. If you find ways to enjoy the self-improvement process and be proud of the process you meticulously fitted for your needs, the results will come eventually. Although I agree with the desire to optimize the process, the mentality should be the same as if it is in league. One should change their process to either get a better understanding of the process or get a better grasp of their specific needs talents in order to adapt. Their process. You either learn the game or learn the champion. So you experiment with your own process rather than optimizing it since this calibration will occur naturally. You may be wondering where is the self-love part? Where do we do what we love for ourselves and the joy of our loved ones? The process is by far the best method I've come across to build and ensure a healthy relation between us, the craft, and expectations. It marks a fine line between addiction and passion.
1: That's it? That's it. Um, Yeah, so summarizing the main um, points, the first one was like, rather than trying to go from D4 to Master, trying to figure out how to go from D4 to D3, right? So you really want to try and take the steps to what's kind of the next achievable step, right? I think that's the first thing. The second one was you know the it, i guess how impactful the four stages were of the bbc pyramid yep. right stages 1 to 4 and 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 then asking high quality questions such as how did i contribute to a given situation and could i have done anything could i have made reason could i have read the situation in a particular way where i could have actually known what the best response was what the science, the game was telling me that i could have should have done this and then the third one was um you know, I guess, a pre, or an understanding or a respect for self-love and how you got to, you know, um, love yourself before you can actually commit yourself to, to something, you know, to, I guess anything difficult and as well as, uh, what was the last one?
0: Well, that's what he said. Um, oh, and also emphasize the love aspect of any self improvement journey.
1: And rather than trying to optimize the process, the, your your process too much, try and execute it, and then it will naturally kind of chip away at it over time. Rather than you're not going to have the perfect process at the start, yes, right? So it's like you're going to have a crack, just do something, something that you're okay with, something that you're currently capable with in at this current moment in time, and then you can kind of naturally be like, okay, this I like this about it, I don't like that about it, and you can kind of calibrate that naturally. I think they're the, the kind of yeah. w- you know, if I was to uh, put that in Aussie bogan talk,
0: (laughs) (laughs) which is quite opposite from what I just read. The most intense email ever on the BBC podcast. I
1: mean, like I I appreciate you you taking the time to write and share your findings and congratulations on the new job. You know, it's funny you say that. I think a lot, I've actually had quite a few people recently write to me something very similar where they've actually had career wins and were able to find jobs or, you know, um, uh, stuff with university and college um, that they wouldn't have otherwise if they weren't didn't have this kind of mind changing, mind altering kind of I guess paradigm shift when it comes to like growth mindset and and um, applying yourself and developing a process. I actually had someone also write to me recently saying they recently had the balls or the guts to actually believe in their ability to change their course. So they were currently they were studying computers computer science and then they realized that they actually wanted to study physics. And before, I think he he wasn't confident in his ability to actually because apparently physics is like really hard to study. It's one of the hardest, um, makes sense things. And then he's like, "Well, now because I, I was able to get from um, X rank to X rank in in the MLA and go through that process, I finally I feel like I have the confidence to do anything and like apply himself to anything. And even if it's hard at the start, he will find a way to get it done via a good quality process. Mm. So there are people that are coming out like literally making life changing decisions via their process what which they've learned in League what they've learned through League which is yeah. which is fucking incredible really yeah. I mean if we can if if people can get have that sort of experience through League I mean can't, you literally can't ask for anything better than that you know so yeah awesome stuff man
0: yep all well said I don't really have anything more to add to that it's, I think it's a very fitting email going back to our initial talk about the killer and the points of the process right. and having your own having your own process whatever it is Test stress tests have feedback, then maybe alter stress, calibrate test feedback, also calibrate over time. All right, our next one here comes from uh Connor. The title of this email is Reforming My Relationship with League. Reforming My Relationship with League. Hello, Mr. Mott and Mr. Coach. I have a question on how best to approach reforming my relationship with league for context. Since starting my climb properly in season seven, I gradually played fewer solo queue games each season until season nine. When I hit platinum four, my peak so far with 123 games with a 60% win rate with my top four most played champions being Lux, Malzahar, Talia and Galio. I was aware that I could push for more, but I was happy with my results. I've spent a lot of game time with a group of friends outside of my solo queue journey in both normals clash and flex. Unfortunately, the general group sentiment towards the game has progressively become more toxic, which has contributed to my own ranked anxiety and lack of motivation to play solo queue in 2020 last season, three years after my peak, I hit gold two in just over hundred games. And in the first split of this year, I hit gold one again with a 60% win rate again on my favorite champions. I didn't push any further despite knowing I'm capable. I wasn't idle in the years between the seasons. I was taking the opportunity to learn more about the game, play new champions while also pushing myself in group play. However, I'm now trying to dive into the unresolved emotions I have for the game that have come about from this toxic group atmosphere towards League. First off, the accountability for mistakes has gradually dropped as others have lost motivation to climb. It's how they enjoy the game, which is understandable. However, it has inevitably led to poorer quality play and more excuses. This on its own isn't great. What's worse is how the competitive atmosphere generated by League, combined with their unwillingness to own up to their own faults, leads to outright flaming and passive-aggressive attitudes between members of the group, people that are supposed to be friends. I will still look forward to playing with them for the group banter and being able to guarantee getting my rolling game, but when things go downhill, I wonder why I even bother. It starts off small, such as champion is OP or fog of war isn't respected. It becomes a problem when their mistakes are apparently my mistakes all of a sudden. I feel like I've become an emotional dumping bag over the years because I don't typically retaliate. My objective is to win the game, not an argument. Pretty much every aspect of my play has been disrespected. If the enemy assassin roams, it's my fault. If my champion is countered by the enemy gromp, by the enemy comp, it's my fault. When we lose... It's my fault when we lose. When the jungler invades without lane priority and gets collapsed on, it's my fault. I'm apparently passive, do no damage, run away from fights all the time. For additional context, the majority of the group struggle in low gold in solo queue. My drive for solo queue had always come from a competitive atmosphere amongst our group, but I feel like this time has passed. Your podcast has been a breath of fresh air for me. There is no bullshit, only the drive to improve. I'm looking to spend more time in League on my own while I'll still join them when they're playing, I want to no longer rely on them for validation, for motivation, or for enjoyment of this game. Recently, I've been taking the opportunity to jump into normals on my own for the first time in a while, looking to reignite the competitive flair that I experienced in solo play, with the goal to drive for Emerald next year. My favorite moments in this game were the ones I had in solo queue, and I want to have more. I'm contacting you guys in case you have any advice on my situation, and for others that have been in the same situation.
1: It's it, it, it's sadly a very common,
0: extremely common,
1: problem. yeah, situation. It, it's really bad. Well, most people get into the game at the day through
0: friends. Yeah, they keep playing the game because of friends. That's a big majority and, of the player base. Yeah, and
1: and that's the way, that's the way it happens. It's slow, gradual, passive aggression. Right. It starts with oh, yeah. They always they how come they always can roam bot or. Oh, It'd be like size and things like that. It could be like <laughs> yeah, the, comms of the Discord. oh, the champ is so OP. Or why do they keep coming bot? It's like it's like passive aggressive things, you know. And then and then over time it becomes you know every now and then lash out as a direct you know direct conflict and you know and ultimately you can't even begin to have that conversation unless you're aligned about what what league is even about. Yeah, they, I mean at the end of the day the reality is you guys are
0: all gold. Like you're really learning. You again, but this is the thing that really tricks you. Yeah. Everyone thinks they can watch an LCS game or a Worlds game. You're like, yeah, I know everything what's going on here. You're really beginner. You know, you you got to view the game, You're all beginners.
1: You're all, yeah. You're all in kindergarten. You're all beginners. It may not feel like that, but you are right. That's the reality. And so the the the, the trickiest thing is you you will never probably never because they're not ready to have that conversation. Um, yeah, you never will be able to have that really proper conversation about why that situation occurred. Like, it's not like you're going to be able to sit them down, get into the room and be like, okay, they were able to get prior off this one wave because blah, 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 blah. They're going to, be, they're going to find another excuse anyway. They're not ready to have that conversation. You can only, in league, right? It's one of those things where the game is always ready for you. You're not always going to be ready for the game. Mm, we never said that before in The the podcast goes. I like it. And it's kind of like, there's kind of like a, a set of this is where, again, comes back to that solo queue contract. There's a set of beliefs that you got to have and and, and and you kind of got to take the the pill, you know, to really understand what the game is really about. And unless you guys are even aligned to what, the, what league is and what it's about and how the actual concepts work at a baseline level, there's no point even getting into it. So my suggestion for you is you need to really spend time, screw normal games, stop playing normal games, play solo queue, and then do your, your, your little game or two with your friends. But try and maximize the amount of solo queue you're playing. No duo queue, no normal games, no crap. Just as many three blocks as you possibly can. Stop making excuses. Right? like like if you want to do it do it like I kind of feels like to me there's so much hesitation there's so much fear of failure or something going on there that well, I feel like he's...
0: he said that he's been done this for the last three years so he's very he's got anxiety built up he's scared to go yeah. out on his own because he's been in the sheltered group for three years and
1: remember we've said this on another episode where the longer you delay it the more <laughs> anxiety right. you're gonna have yeah. so you've really you know, you're really up shit creek at the moment. I'll be honest with you, you know, and it's going to be painful. What's going to happen is you're going to jump into solo queue. You're going to get shit on. You're going to have a loss streak. And then you're going to be like, oh I know I shouldn't have done this. I should have stuck to my normal games or I, sh-, you know, whatever it might it's be. A safer
0: environment there. safer environment own, where yeah. I can get
1: my role, blah, 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 blah. But the reality is that it's one or the other. You either want to take the game seriously and get better at the game. And you're only going to do that through solo queue. Or it's a casual game, and you shouldn't be getting affected by any of the shit anyway. It's one or the other, yep. that's simple. Yep. And you got to come to that. You really got to come to that decision yourself. Are you ready to do it? And if you're if you're ready, you cannot half ass it. League is a game where you got to go all in. Commit yourself. Commit yourself.
0: Three games ranked, no matter what. Even if you go zero through the worst games in your life. Do it. Send it. Another tool. I don't know what your thoughts on this is, Curtis, but. People, especially in my Below Gold program, because they have like, you know, friends that pressure them to play and stuff, they make a new account, a secret account.
1: Yeah. That's what I think we had some few people in the mailbag write in say Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. That could work so as well.
0: Then they don't get hagged by right? so like, Oh, are you playing solo queue? Like, why aren't you playing us? You don't like us anymore? Like, what's going on? And there? you
1: they might yeah, no, they're not gonna see you online, so you're just busy playing solo queue yeah. and you say, Oh, I'm studying or playing another game or whatever. Yeah. <laughs>
0: you the interesting one though, the courtesy your usual response to that is well, you know, they're your friends. Are they really your friends if they don't understand like your well. right? So you know, it's like you're like having to like deceive or lie yeah. to get away with it. You know, I think that's a bit iffy as well.
1: Well, it depends how old he is. I don't know how old he is. Yeah. You know, it depends how old you are. Like I feel like when you're in high school it's just, be- it's probably easier. It's gonna, if you're in high school and you're like <laughs> 16, 17, 18, it's going to be, it is what it is. I feel like there's, you're just immature. You know, yeah. you're just not going to have that level of maturity. Mm. I feel like if you're still having this feeling and this conversation, you're like, this is what's going on in your friendship group. And you're not able to have that tough conversation at the age of like 22, oh, 23, 24, yeah. 25, like you're in there. Then fuck me. You need to like really get your priorities sorted and like really think about who you're surrounding yourself with. Mm-hmm. And cause I'm not saying that, that, you know, you just got to have that tough conversation. Like, guys, you don't know what you're fucking talking about. You know, this is what the game is about. And if they, take, if they mock you or don't take you seriously, then are they really your friends? Mm. Straight up. Mm. So I think you're right. I think there's a bit... It, it's it's. And again, I think this is where, again, Nathan, it's really personal because I think there are many... I, I do feel like there's a very powerful motivating factor there, though. Like, imagine how cool it would be if you went on a second account He's like, I'm gonna show them, and then like plays for like a year, and then gets like Emerald Four, and then and then and then like, oh my god, and then he starts shitting on people, and then it's way better. You know, I think like there's like some kind of cool little kind of arc, story arc there that you could kind of follow, and I feel like that'd be cool for motivation, but maybe it may be all- unhealthy. I don't know. Maybe
0: that's actually a fear as well of like his fear, fear of, of success. No fear of success, right? Because if he gets the Emerald, he'll know his team. He's, he's all because all his friends are gold. They'll be like. Oh, uh, he's just the he Emerald guy Oh, he can't now. play with him. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah, I don't know. I think there's a lot there that he needs to yeah. really think Fear about. Fear of
0: success is a real thing, dude. People are afraid of what happens if they actually succeed. Right, what does that mean? You yeah. get you like leave behind your friends and stuff like that. Ostracized. Because he's very comfortable in his friendship group. That's what he said. That's what
1: it sounds like. Yeah, you're right. It's
0: like uh, people would rather um, be in a situation of discomfort for something they know then find an uncomfortable new thing.
1: It's kind of like that Goodwill hunting in a way, isn't it? Mm. Where the guy purposely kind of dumbs himself down a little bit so he can fit in with the crowd that mm. The people that he's mm. in. It's kind of like that. Potentially, I don't know. It's a reality.
0: We're psychoanalyzing Curtis. Yeah. We're sitting back in our chairs. <laughs> literally armchair analyst Curtis. <laughs> He's um, psychoanalyzing his We should psychology. get like
1: a little fake degree and put it up in the wall. Yes. The School of Psy- Psychology. The
0: Broken by Concept broken Psychology. By- yeah. A L- little L- diploma or whatever. Bachelor's, Curtis. No, Master's. PhD. Yeah, PhD <laughs> in Broken by Concept Legal Engine Psychology.
1: <laughs> BBC certified. All
0: right, our next one here, which is very fitting from our last email, Curtis is from Lena. Hey Curtis and Nathan, about four months ago in episode 159, I wrote in about some issues in my friend group regarding the idea of talking in voice chats about the random people in our games in a toxic way. I wanted to give a quick update on that and my rank journey. First first of all, thank you so much for helping me out. I ended up sending the episode to the people in question and basically just told them to listen to that part. It turns out they didn't understand how much it actually affected me. And after having watched it, they all apologized and promised to make an effort to stop. Since then, the toxicity has fully left the group and I enjoy playing with all my friends again. So I'm happy you could help fix the problem. Other than that, I joined MLS about a month before my last email, and I'm actively playing ranked for the first time in many years where I just peaked gold one due to the mindset of improving over winning. I started in Sylvan 4. It might not seem like a great climb, but to someone who struggled even hitting the play button out of ranked anxiety, it feels huge. I swapped from Cassiopeia to a where my motivation was at an all-time low, and I was bored out of my mind having one-trick Cassiopeia for five months while having maintained her... Mained her prior and I've been enjoying the learning experience. Just seeing how, many my fun, how much my fundamentals have transferred so well makes me feel like I've really improved at the game and not just on Cassiopeia, although it should be said I've played Azir a zero lot over the years so I'm not learning a new champion from scratch, but it's my first time playing him in solo queue. Keep up the great work with the podcast and coaching programs and thank you for fixing my friend group and for motivating me to play ranked. Lena from Denmark.
1: What a wholesome email. Love it. Thanks so much for the update, Lena. Um, and appreciate you because I always see her in the Discord. Ah. Um, yeah, amazing to see that you're getting results, and um, glad that we're able to help you with the friendship situation. Seems again another common one, very, very common. We get that written in quite a lot. So, um, we're the friendship friendship group.
0: We're like a helpers. Yeah, we are, aren't we? Maybe that's like a new academy, Curtis, we, we make or something like that, that. Yeah.
1: We teach people how to solve their friendship group. Like friendship problems.
0: therapists. We're friendship group therapists. We sit them all down. Yeah.
1: Sit them around a table and we, we sit there and we just, or it should just be like a Discord course
0: or something like that. They, they come in and then we say, okay. Who wants to air? Like who are you not happy with in your games. So you like, I feel situations. like that I
1: feel like that situation doesn't work very well though. You you we that? should do that back in the day. What? Back in Diwals back in the day. We used to get all the players sit around. Yeah, what's your problem say, with each other? Everyone tell your problem to each other. And it yeah. just does nothing, I feel like. I feel like basically everyone pissed off. Yeah. Like it's like, all right, I hate I hate it when you do that in the game. But like in a way you it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because it's like it's like it, it has to be solution focused. You know if you go to your friends and say I hate it when you do this you have got to provide a solution what would you prefer them to do and why and how ha- like you got you have to come up with a compromise what's yeah sometimes, sometimes you got to com- you can't be like I hate everything about you and then you know or what you do well then in that case it's like there's no going back you know mm. a lot of the time you should only be sharing criticisms of things that you feel like are reasonable for them to actually change like i feel like sometimes it becomes really personal it's like i just hate the way you like the clothes you wear and like (laughs) (laughs) like the way you brush your teeth, the way you come in and walk in, you know, it it becomes so personal. It's so unnecessary. It goes from being like very actionable. Like these are things that we need behaviors that we need to change to, you just like things that are way deeper than that, you know. So I don't know. I I,
0: I think there's it, probably some therapists out there saying you guys got no idea. That's yeah, not how you we do it. it. We, we do you have
1: we, we have we're fucking clueless, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what we're talking about half the time.
0: Anyway, we're for, having a crack for someone out there. If you're a therapist, there's a huge market for league friendship groups.
1: Discord, like honestly, maybe like yeah, just Discord communities in general. Honestly, I think so? Across many game titles, mm. not just League. Something there, business idea.
0: All right. Our next question here comes from Christopher. The title of this email is "Old School Player Looking to Adapt to the Present." Hey guys, I've played League since beta. So, you know, we're talking about what two thousand and nine. So that's fourteen years. That's fourteen years. I got League for the first time by installing the physical copy. I didn't even know there was a physical copy. There was a disc yeah, League of Legends. There was. So was that EB Games? Get out of here. Yeah, You like saw it? Yep. Wow.
1: Did you have to pay for it? Yep. Because it was a, del- a digital collector's edition and it had skins and shit in it. Ah, I got it. Yeah. Got it. And I, I think it came with, I don't know 100%, but I don't know if it came with Champs, but I know it came with skins.
0: I see. Fascinating. I guess 2009 and everything was still physical copy and stuff like that. Like, like even 2011 and stuff, I bought Call of yeah, Duty. Yeah, you bought physical. WoW and all yeah. of this and stuff. Yeah, like Call of that, Duty, right? like the COD games and yeah. stuff. You're like, oh, yeah. It feels like such a. Long even time Guild Wars. Ago. I
1: bought, I've got Guild Wars all on CD.
0: But not Guild Wars 2, though. No, that
1: not was Guild Wars 2. 1. Yeah, no. that was when it started transitioning. Guild Wars 1. Yeah. yeah, Guild Wars 1. All
0: right. Um. So, yeah, so uh, I got League for the first time by installing the physical copy, and I have my Bronze Season 1 rank badge to prove it. I've always loved League. I've never gotten above silver despite trying. I have fairly solid macro knowledge, but I'm honestly not amazing at the hands portion of the game. I loved old school LCK and the slow methodical nature of choking your enemy out through vision and macro. I think he means OGN. You know, yeah, back the OGN in the OGN. Days, OGN. Right? The Korean League. KT Rolster and all that this obviously doesn't work for solo queue back then let alone nowadays I'm trying to get back into the game after not playing since mythics were introduced and I'm having such a hard time adjusting to the aggressive fast paced nature of the game now do you have any tips or ideas on how to change the slow and steady mindset and adapt to the current
1: game pace thanks for all the help and I love the podcast very wholesome email I want to say something one thing here and Mm. I apologize if it comes across rude and I don't mean this in a rude way it's just for your sake the first sentence was or something along the lines of i have good macro yes no you don't no right so just get that idea out of your head I'm, I'm sorry again if that comes across rude and the reason for that is that you need to pretend that you're a beginner like if you've been taking a hiatus from the game and you've played for a long time it's easier just to pretend that you're a beginner it's easier just to f- whatever you think you know about the game or, or or whatever you've seen in the past just like kind of throw it out the window because the game has changed so much whatever you think macro is, is probably not even macro, honestly. Um, in my experience working with clients that have come back and have played the game for a long time, they, a lot of the time, have no clue. And even when they say they think they have a clue, I'm like, no, this is completely wrong. Mm. So I, I could
0: I could see him using like the idea of like warding from season three and season four. Like everyone was saying the wards were insane right. and, um, and like rotations and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't even these know. These things are... Yeah not relevant in not relevant now or even even nowadays even it's just not how it's not important about the
1: game no. really and i think that the biggest change and something that you really got to get through your head is the significance of two things actually champion mastery just bring it back to champion mastery what are my champions reference points what sort of trades does my champion like to take how do i how do i just win trades like just if you're a lane if you play a lane like, i don't know if you plays jungle or not but if you play a lane how do i win trades on my champion in this particular matchup? Boom. Start there. What does that look like? Even go onto YouTube, type the exact same matchup. You know, I don't know if you play mid-top, whatever, it might be harder for bot lane. But just like, watch the champion take good trades. And am I taking good trades? Like, I think that's a really good baseline start. Champ mastery, trading, boom. Hmm. The second thing is that you've got to remember that League has shifted more and more away from a a strategy game to more of like a it's a okay i would say when when league was initially out it was kind of branded or potentially even like a very strategic i guess i guess a lot of people viewed it like macro was just this huge emphasized thing wasn't it like remember like well because games went for 50 minutes right yeah, they did. Very, very long. But I don't know. They Yeah, sure, fighting was significant. But like I don't know. It was always hyped up, like rotations and macro and all this stuff. In reality, I think that in the West especially, we didn't have a great understanding of how much you could do with the micro component of the game. I think the East is what taught the West... That, wow, this game is actually less about macro than you think. And there's so much you can do at an individual mechanical level to, that completely throws whatever you think is macro out the window. It just supersedes that. So I think that you need to get it out of your head that, yes, League is a strategic game and there definitely is layers of strat- strategy. But it's first and foremost a game of execution. You've got to be able to control your character. You've got to be able to hit your abilities. You've got to be able to understand the basics of your champion and, and fight well. And if you can fight well and you can do all that, then the macro comes, it's like the layer on top. Mm. The bedrock, though, is the, the execution and hitting your abilities and doing damage.
0: Yep, I think that's a really important belief to have. Going back to the beginner mindset and throwing out, like, yeah, you've got to get rid of these terms like slow paced game, now it's a fast paced game. The game is the game deletes everything because guess what? Now he's going to be more kind of like, oh, I'm the old timer here. Like yeah. the game's too fast-paced. No, lead, that's the game. The game is the game. There's no far... I wouldn't use the game fast-paced, slow-paced because at the end of the day, if, if I was to think about going there, the games in silver they're very slow-paced really. Still, you know? still, right? So like, again, it depends what your definition of so fast-paced, slow-paced is. So delete everything, approach from a student mindset and think about you're just playing a new game. I wouldn't even think of yourself as like an, an old school player. This is the game. This is the way it is.
1: Let's just start problem solving things. Hundred percent. And your age is not a barrier. I mean, I've got people in my program that over the age of thirty and a master. You know, I myself, I'm twenty eight. We're twenty eight, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, still keeping up with the
0: old. The, yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm
1: I'm one of the highest ranks I've been in Asia, like top ten this season, yep. and I'm twenty eight. Mm-hmm. Right, And I'm only getting better. So don't worry about age, whether you're 31, 32, 33. I don't know how old you are. I mean, maybe if you're like over 50, I mean, maybe it's a different story. But if, if you're like below 40, you're fine. You're like there's zero, I'm, I'm, I'm borderline saying there's like little to no handicap. The only handicap is time mm. that you're able to put into the, the game. That is it. So um, so yeah, it's really just, yeah, like Nathan said, curious mindset, shoot mentality, um, and bring it back to champ mastery. Have it and having fun. Just really try to have fun with it. You know, don't 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 come in with your preconceived notions about how things should or shouldn't be. Whatever is, is. That is the reality. Accept that reality and then have fun with it. Just have just have a crack.
0: I think it's just a good advice in general for, like, let's say, if I was getting older, like a 70 year old, you know, it's like adapting it to all the kids on TikTok and stuff. And just, right. You know, you just, it is what it is. It is what it is. You know, have a crack, get on TikTok yourself, have to make your own TikToks of me dancing. You'll never see that from me, guys. <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> all right. We'll do uh, one more here. Let me find it. Um, hmm. Sifting through my mailbag. Um, oh, here we go. This one here is from Fay. The title of this email is Selfish Champs and Teammate Tilt. Hey, Curtis and Nathan. I've been watching your podcast since I started playing League last year. I have a decent gaming background and quickly found my calling was to one-trick full AP Katarina. So following the process, I was able to climb to Silver 2 in my first season of Ranked. By watching higher ELO Katarinas play, I've tried to emulate them by playing team fights for resets, waiting for CC abilities to be wasted, etc. This often means my teammates must engage before I can go in and clean up the fight. No matter how fed I am, I just can't jump into a full health enemy team with Xayah ult or Pantheon with stun. However, this has led to many, many games where my team tilts, blames me, trash talks, or otherwise does not understand my champ. Meanwhile, when I play my Oh no, cat is banned... Um, oh, no, Caddy's band pick, Vega. The difference in team mental with my cage is immense. Does playing a champ without CC or survivability really affect team mental much? How important is that in low elo?
1: Well, look, I, I don't think we can comment on that to an extensive degree, Nathan, right? Mm. Because we're just not in those games. Mm. So I, I don't want to specifically... I don't feel comfortable ruling that out as a possibility, maybe. Whether it is or it isn't, it doesn't matter. Because I, I think what you're likely experiencing is that the games are just easier for you when you're playing v- Vigar. And that when you're... when the, and, and because you're facilitating other people because you're laying down your cc people are inherently a- able to do more so they they they're less agitated i think that's probably what it's not that they're more it's not that they they're more tilted when you play katarina it's just that they're less tilted when you play Vygar because of again you're you're lowering agitation through facilitating them you know what i mean it's not it's not it's got nothing to do with katarina specifically and your lack of cc it's that the fact that you have you have cc with vigar you're probably going to be having more positive experiences with teammates. But in a way, this is just a completely useless conversation because ultimately mm. you need to bring it back to what does my champion do? What is my role in a composition? And then and then how do I maximize my impact on that champion? And
0: focus yeah. on what you can control. If your teammates start you flaming, you're blaming because you thought that the fight was bad. That's
1: it. You, for starters, you shouldn't even have a chat on anyway. Yeah. Right. So you shouldn't even know what people are saying about you. The second thing is that, yeah, like they said, you just got to go out there, have a crack, and do what you do. What your champion allows you to do. And I will say though, look, I love that. I do like that kind of clear reference point in the sense of like waiting for CC. But what was weird there? The Zia ult. Zia ult's not, not necessarily something that you have to think about. I want you to think about this in a different way, Faye. When you're playing a diver, right? There are two kind of. If I'm going to oversimplify it, right? You can theoretically sit there and wait for people to use their CC. You can do that. And that is, there are situations where that is 100% what you have to do. Another way you might want to think about it though is like if it's a Zaya ult, I wouldn't really count that as CC because you've got alt, then pull back the the feathers, right? You might want to go in there, EW, not all, EW, make the Zaya panic hold your R, shampoo, and then chase after them. And then, you know what I mean? Like you can create space for yourself a lot of the time, or maybe you go in, you're the one that can sometimes start the fight and create space for your team to do damage as well. So I think that like, sure. For things like hard CC, like a Pantheon W point and click or Leona, of course you can't do that, but you've got to be like, there's a very big difference between like a Zaya R, you know, in pulling back the feathers or even like a, um, you know, things that are less reliable hard CC is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. It's
0: the idea of you don't have to fully commit with your R. You can go in and then go out. Go yeah, in you, and exactly. And Katarina
1: can go in and go out, especially later in the game because you shampoos on such a low cooldown if you pick up the dagger, right? Um, and then also, especially if you build Zonias, and that's why Zonias as well and Katarina is so important. You can go in, you can pop your ultimate, and then you, you bait out all the abilities, Zonias, and then your team can clean up, depending on what else is on your team so again look i think keep watching and getting inspired by other Katarina play but don't necessarily like just be careful you know maybe you're being a little bit too conservative i just want you to keep an eye on that um but yeah just don't don't let that that whole train of thought occupy your thought it's just not important it's your journey you're playing the champion you love screw everyone else that has to be you have to be inherently selfish about your learning in league that's just that's just the reality
0: yeah all right i got really nothing else to add I think that's good. That's it for the Malibu. Yep, beautiful. Good work, guys. Let's keep on improving. Three block process. We'll see you guys next week.